Welcome to Throne of Chaos. We are your hosts, Autumn and Kelsey. And today we are bringing you a super long episode. We have made it to the final duel and we are going to be in chapters 48, 49, and 50 of Throne of Glass. We just couldn't break things up. Nope. It's the final duel. We made it, guys. So as a disclaimer, we do not represent Sarah J. Mass or Bloomsbury Publishing. Our thoughts and opinion are our own and they have no idea we exist. To recap our last chapter episode, it was the final test was canceled after Selena warned Knox and he fled the castle. And the day of the final duel arrived. Caltaine spiked Selena's goblet with poison. Kane defeated Renal, and it ended with Selena facing off against Grave. So we pick right back up with Selena facing Grave in chapter 48. Grave immediately aimed for the center of Selena's staff, hoping to break it but she whirled away. As Grave struck nothing but air, Selena slammed the butt of the staff into his spine. Grave went for the staff again, and Selena let him hit the bottom half, wedging his blade in the wood. The force of it made the top portion of the staff swing and hit him in the face. Bitch, he hissed at her. In his anger, Grave aimed for her heart, and Selena was able to duck from the attack. She swept him off his feet and held the iron-coated tip of the staff to his throat. She crouched down and whispered, my name is Selena Sardothian, but it makes no difference if my name is Selena or Lillian or bitch, because I'd still beat you, no matter what you call me. Staring at his bloody nose, she took her handkerchief from her pocket and dropped it on his chest. You can keep that, she told him as she walked away. That's such a mic drop moment for her. Yes. I love it. <laughs> I love that part so much. She just, she couldn't help herself. Selena asked Kel how long her duel took. He tells her two minutes. She smiled. It was better than Kane's time. Kale says, and it was more dramatic, too, was the handkerchief really necessary? Before Selena could reply, the king stood and said, wine for the winners. Caltaine handed Kane and Selena each a glass of wine. Out of good faith and honor to our great goddess, may it be your offering to the mother who bore us all. Drink and let her bless you and replenish your strength. After drinking the toast, the king called for Cain and Selena to take their places to begin the final duel. Selena's shocked that she isn't allowed a moment of rest, and even Dorian raised his brows in question at his father, but was ignored by the king. Kel looked at her with an emotion she couldn't understand and said, Don't lose. I don't feel like having to escort you back all the way to Endovir. So one, yes, Kel, the handkerchief was absolutely necessary, like and you don't know her at this point. You don't like know. You're, yeah, you're that's like the tamest thing she literally could have done in that moment. So like you are not prepared for the amount of dramatics that you're about to face in the next six books. Like, think of her like her opening scene of Crown of Midnight. Like she comes flying into the room in the middle of a meeting with a head in a bag. All she did was drop a handkerchief. And I also I know Kel's one of those guys that like tries to be funny but is not funny. Falls flat. Yeah. It's not good humor. So like yeah. I feel like he was trying to be funny and like, don't lose, because I don't want to take you back to Indovir. That's not what she needed to hit here at that moment. Oh, that's gonna be such a hardship for you, Kel, to to take her back to prison. Like you're gonna suffer so much. At that you, point, like if you shouldn't have said anything at that point, like you should have just sat there and shut up. Even his joke is still about himself. Exactly. Like, not about her going through this actual thing. Yes. You could have said anything else. Like, break a leg would have been better than For that. real. Go kick butt, not don't lose. Excuse you? Begin, the king roared. Selena shook her head, trying to clear the blurry vision. She steadied herself, wielding the staff like a sword as Kane began circling. Nausea flashed through her as his muscles flexed. For some reason, the world was still hazy. She clenched her teeth, blinking. She'd use his strength against him. Kane moved so fast that Selena could only block his attacks. Her blood felt slow and thick, and her head spun. The nausea would not ease. She wondered if she was ill, and if she was, then she needed to finish this as quickly as possible. Selena switched the offensive, and Kane easily blocked all of her attacks. Her heart pounded in her ears. The sound of wood against steel became almost unbearable. Why did everything feel so slow? She attacked faster and faster, stronger and stronger. Kane laughed and she almost screamed in anger. Not feeling well, he asked. 
Perhaps you shouldn't have been holding back all those. Wham! She grinned as her staff slammed in his side. He bent over and she swept him off his feet, sending him crashing to the ground. She raised her staff, but a sick feeling rushed through her so powerful that her muscles slackened. She had no strength. Kane knocked her aside her blows as if it was nothing. That was when she heard a laugh, soft, feminine, and vicious. Caltaine. It was then that she knew that it had not been wine in her glass, but bloodbane, the very drug she had missed on the test. At best, it caused hallucinations and disorientation. At worst, she had the strength to block Kane's blows. She wondered how much bloodbane they had given her. If it was a lethal dose, she would already be dead. So it had to be just enough to disorient her, but not enough that would be easy to prove. She couldn't focus and her body became hot and cold. So I just want to point out, we see Bloodbane in Akatar, And so I was looking to see how much description we got of Reese in that moment. But we literally get nothing other than he's like rolling on the ground and it's, like unresponsive. It's yeah, because it's, and mm-hmm. I need Sarah to just one day give me that chapter. I want to know what Reese saw. And I'm, I don't know if like, because we're doing like the join of worlds, maybe something that's going to happen is relevant to like things he saw. So maybe we'll get it in future books. Maybe mm-hmm. fingers crossed, because I just want to know, because we know he was high as a kite in that moment. Like yeah. he was hallucinating. But another thing I noticed while doing that is that bloodbane is green in Akatar, but it's clear in talk. Because she talks about it when she's pulling the arrows out of his wings mm-hmm. and stuff. It is green. Yep. And when they yeah. go to um, Highburn at the end of Akamath, he threatens them with like that more ash arrows. And she looks at him and she notices that it has a green tint. And then she's like, bloodbane again. So interesting thought that it's two things named the same, but they mm-hmm. look different in each world. Right. Right. Interesting. Tired already? It's a pity all of that yapping didn't amount to much, Kane said. Selena realized that Kane knew that they had drugged her. She snarled and lunged, but Kane stepped aside as if she hit nothing but air. Kane slammed his fist into her spine, and she only saw the blur of the slate tiles before they collided with her face. Kane's shadow fell over her as she flipped on her back to scramble away before he could get any closer. If I were grave, I would be insulting that you'd beaten me. I have a thing of like pointing out when words are repeated three times just because it's a subtle thing that she kind of throws in there. Mm -hmm. So one thing was that when Selena hits nothing but air, it's air, air, air. Just interesting that like she'll just randomly throw that in there and it always Mm -hmm. just makes me like pay a little bit closer attention to whatever she's describing in that moment. Mm -hmm. Especially in these few chapters. It does that three repeating over and over again. She does the three repeats specifically surrounding Selena a ton in these towards this like entire section of the book. Mm -hmm. Too fast for her to block, he picked her up by the collar of her jacket and threw her backwards. Kane circled her. His eyes were dark, dark like that portal to the other world. He was drawing out the inevitable, like a predator playing with his meal before eating it. He wanted to enjoy every moment. She had to end this now before the hallucinations took over. She knew they'd be powerful. Sears had once used bloodbane as a drug to view spirits from other worlds. Selena shot forward with a sweep of her staff and the staff snapped in two. The iron-tipped head soared to the other end of the veranda. Kane hit her shoulder, causing it to dislocate, then kicked her, causing her to hit the ground so hard that it caused her shoulder to relocate. Other worlds in what book world one in book one 16 year old this whole entire universe high school started called- here and it's like other worlds and we get 14 books down and we go to freaking other worlds play sarah? taylor swift mastermind right now it's sarah <laughs> for real if anyone is the freaking mastermind it is sarah Sarah and Taylor Swift are both on that next level crap where you're like, what in the world? They're way too smart. For real. Like, she was a genius to include just that little thing just right there. Because we know she had the idea of other worlds, 
from the beginning like Mm -hmm. just throwing that out there but she didn't have it planned to actually follow through and make it happen until like the middle of this series Mm -hmm. but the fact that she laid these foundations for herself so early in her career is like mind-blowing to me the fact that the vow even come from another world right there like you know there's another place that people can come from we don't yes. know about the gods yet. Obviously, we figure out about them later on. But in the fact, in this, it says that seers used to use to look at other worlds. And it's like, we don't ever get a mention of seer again until Elaine. And I just need an Elaine POV of her on Bloodbane because I want to read that and I want to see what she sees. Like, could you imagine? She's already trippy when she does her little seer thing and you don't really know mm-hmm. what she means. Can you imagine what she does see? Imagine her on Bloodbane, what she would see then. There's so many possibilities for things. So it switches into Dorian's point of view. Dorian knew something was terribly wrong. He knew at the moment the duel started and had begun sweating the moment Slana failed to land the winning blow. He couldn't watch as Kane kicked her shoulder and he felt as if he would vomit when he picked her up and she fell to the ground. She kept wiping her eyes and sweat shone on her forehead. He should stop it. He should call off the duel now. Let her start tomorrow when she had her sword and senses. Kane hissed and Dorian almost cried out as Selene attempted to stand but collapsed. Kane teased her, breaking not only her body but her will. Kane swung his sword and Selene tried to avoid him but was not fast enough. She yelped as the sword sliced through her thigh. Blood covered her pants but despite it she stood again, her face set in defiant rage. Dorian had to help her. But if he interfered, they might just proclaim Cain the victor. So he watched in horror as Cain's fist slammed into her jaw. Then we switch into Kale's point of view. Got a lot of, a lot of different views in this chapter. Yeah, she like pivots around a bunch mm-hmm. towards the end, so that Which like, I appreciate. The, yeah, it's like giving you like the whole image mm-hmm. from everybody's standpoint. Yeah. Something in Kale began fraying as Lena raised her bloodied face to look at Cain. I expected better, said Kane. He studied her face as if he could read it, as if he could hear something Kill couldn't. And what would your father say? It's all right there, right under that wall you built on top of it. I can see it clear as day. Kell wondered what he was talking about. Kane lifted the sword and ran his finger through Selena's blood. Kell reigned in his disgust and anger. What was it like when you woke up between your parents covered in their blood? Kane asked. Selena's free hand clawed at the ground, her face twisted with rage and anguish. Whatever wound Cain was touching, it burned. I want to know how he's doing this. Like, is he reading her mind? It says he's looking at her. She built a wall in her mind. Is he looking through her memories? Like, how does he have the ability to do this when Parrington and the king don't? I feel like these beings from this world aren't Valg. Does it have to do with him being from the White Fang Mountains, you think? Like, does he tap into some other type of magic spirit? I don't know. I feel like whatever beings these are that showed up, like whatever world they came from, Mm -hmm. a part of me really believes that they're like the dead world. And so Mm -hmm. like, they have knowledge of everyone. I don't know. So we don't really get enough description to know if like Parrington and the king can even see the them being there around mm-hmm. them. And we know Selena can only see it because she's hallucinating. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like Kane has been able to see them the whole time. Yeah. It's probably like a side effect of the stuff with the Ritterac. The magic, yeah. Yeah. And that like maybe his bloodline and ancestors has a tie to that Mm -hmm. dead world and so they're able to speak to him about like the own magic in his blood yeah reacts differently with the word marks as opposed to the king and parrington who are just valg with whatever magic they have yes yeah i like that theory your mother was a pretty young thing wasn't she be quiet selena yelled as she tried to surge to her feet but her injured leg kept her down How did Cain know these things about Selena's past? His heart pounded wildly and he could do nothing to help her. She let out a wordless scream that shattered through the frozen wind as she scrambled to her feet. 
Her pain lost in her fury, she swung at his blade with the remnants of her staff. Good, but not good enough, Kane panted. He shoved her, and as she staggered back a step, he brought his leg up and kicked her in the ribs. She went flying. Selena hit the ground and flipped over, over, and over, until she slammed into the clock tower. He bit down his yell, forcing himself to remain on the sidelines, forcing himself to watch as Kane broke her apart piece by piece. Selena raised herself to her knees, clutching onto her side, and still holding on to the remnant of Nehemia's staff as if it were a rock in the middle of a violent sea. Kale wonders in this how things went wrong so quickly. And I just wanted to point out the difference in him and Dorian, where Dorian knew immediately when it started that something was wrong and something was off with Selena. And Kale, who trained with her every single day, didn't get that from the beginning. And I just wanted to point out those two, two little differences there in these two men. And then the fact that he describes her holding onto the staff like it's a rock in a violent storm. I'm like, that is her only weapon. If she lets go of that, she literally has nothing. Like it may just be a piece of wood, but like it's something over like having nothing. During my first read of this part of the chapter, like I was so stressed because I knew there was no way she was going to die. Sarah drug this out. Like this whole scene, you're like, Okay, she's not going to die, right? Like, she's not going to die. She's getting the crap beat out of her. It just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And I was stressed. Can we maybe not do this? And then it made me realize that I am going to be stressed for the entirety of House and Flame and Shadow. <laughs> and yet I cannot wait to read it. Yeah. I should probably talk to a therapist about that. Be like, It hurts so good. It's like, <laughs> it's like when Ron looks at Harry in prisoner of Azkaban is like you're gonna suffer but you're gonna be happy about it like that is going to be me <laughs> with Hofast like I'm gonna be sitting there and I'm be like I am suffering but I'm so happy about it we're gonna be losing our minds I just hold on to the knowledge that she loves happy endings oh yeah that's the only thing that's gonna get me through so but we might not get it in this book but at least by the end we'll have it I love this quote that it said the way she clutched the staff as if it were a rock in the midst of a violent sea. And it just reminded me of the quote from Akasif, from Gwen and Nest and all them. And they're like, I am the rock against which the surf crashes. The symbolism between the two. Like, I mm -hmm. wonder if she used and that. And then nothing can break me. Mm -hmm. I wonder if she segued that into that quote. But I just like the comparison Aelin to those would two. definitely be a Valkyrie. Oh, I'm yeah. That. Picture her scene of Pegasus. She's an honorary Valkyrie to all of us. She would be the queen Valkyrie. But like, imagine her seeing one of them and then looking at Rowan and being like, ha, I can fly. <laughs> like, you thought you had one over me? Well, I can fly now because I have a flying horse. I can just see them and him being like, so over it. Can you imagine her? I, I can't. I, we'll, we'll stop there. Yep. We're back into Selena's point of view. Selena tasted blood as Cain seized her again. She didn't fight. He could have pointed his sword at her heart at any point. This wasn't a duel. It was an execution and no one was doing anything to stop it. All around her were whispering, laughing, and otherworldly voices. They called to her, but called a different name, a dangerous name. So I know I just said that I think these beings aren't from the Val world, but I want to know what world they're from because their voices are described as otherworldly and I feel like if they were Valk they would have been whispering this information to Erwin and like would have told him who Selena really was also I think this is foreshadowing her being Aelin because she said they called her a different name a dangerous name so for sure this was just another way of SJM just kind of giving you those hints at it Definitely. Which you don't get to fully appreciate until you know. On a reread, it's so great because you find these like little tiny things that she just kind of laid there mm -hmm. that if you didn't know that Selena was Aelin, you would just be like, okay, whatever. She went by another name. Because we, we have four 
at this point. Yeah, like Aaron's assassin queen of the world. So it, you don't hint on that of being Aelin Galathinius. Yes. So I think her books always get better on a reread. You just pick up so much more. Yes. She glanced skyward as Kane hoisted her onto her feet and slammed her face first into a wall of freezing smooth stone. Selena's cry of pain was cut short as she opened her eyes to the dark. Something, something dead stood before her. It was a man, his skin pale and rotting. His eyes were burning red and he pointed at her in a broken, stiff way. His teeth were all sharp and so long they barely fit into his mouth. The hallucinations must have begun. A shadow passed across the sun. It was over. She would die now, die or lose and be sent back to Endovier. Kel crouched at the edge of the ring and whispered, get up. But Selena couldn't bring herself to look him in the face. Kane began laughing and yelled, is this all you have to offer? The world was awash with fog and darkness and voices. Get up, Kel said louder, but she could only stare at the white line of chalk that marked the ring. Kane had said things that he couldn't possibly know. He'd seen it in her eyes and he knew about her past. She whimpered as tears slid down her face. Selena, Kel said gently. He held his hand just at the edge of the white line. His voice was laced with pain and hope. This was all she had left, his outstretched hand and the promise of hope, the promise of something better on the other side of that line. She reached out her hand toward the white line until it was the only thing that separated her from Kale. Get up, he said, and in that moment, somehow his face was the only thing that mattered. I'll be completely honest. I think I blocked this scene for my, <laughs> but I also think that this was one of the ways that Sarah was like indicating her and Kel becoming a couple in the future. She's given us subtle hints throughout the book. Yeah. But I think like this moment and then him killing Kane were like those big right. moments in this book, kind of foreshadowing them in the next book. She forced herself to stand, and the world spun as Kane grabbed her and shoved her against the clock tower once more. When she opened her eyes, the world shifted. Blackness was everywhere. Deep down, she knew this wasn't a hallucination. What she saw, who she saw, truly existed just beyond the veil of her world, and the poisonous drug had somehow opened her mind to see them. There were two creatures now, and the second one had wings. There were more of them, more appeared. The dead demons monsters they wanted her they called her name most of them had wings and the ones that didn't were carried in the talons of others they struck as they passed their claws slicing her flesh they were going to bring her inside their realm and the tower was a gaping portal she would be devoured terror terror like she had never known took over her head as they swept upon her and she kicked blindly where had the world gone how much poison had they given her she was going to die freedom, or death. Both times she's had these hallucinations where she saw the dead man and then now the demons is when Cain physically shoved her against the clock tower. And I never noticed that before. Like she's physically touching it and he's mm -hmm. making her touch it. And that's when she sees both of these things. So I just thought that was interesting because I just thought it was all happening all around her and she couldn't see it. I think in a second when they're attacking her that maybe they came through it but that just lets you know it's a gate and that's the that's what separates her world Aurelia from mm -hmm. whatever this other world is and then the flying creatures really reminds me of the Ilkin from Akatar, and I can't remember if they had black blood or not I have them both put up on the talk wiki so in Akatar, you have the adder which is that being that mm. is Amarantha's like right hand man and the fairy kills oh, it and they whatever. Are adders, not Ilkin. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's the adder and it's described as the towering figure with large leathery wings, clawed hands, and sharp silver fangs. So he had acidic silvery blood as seen in A Court of Mist and Fury when it attacked Resan. So it doesn't have black blood. So that's interesting. But these leathery wings kind of sounds the same. But we do have the Ilkin in Tog later on. I think we first see it in Empire of Storms where it attacks a lead. 
oh, in yeah. Borkin. That's the Ilkin. It says they are huge creatures, approximately eight feet tall, standing on their back legs. They have demonic, soulless black eyes, as well as sharp claws and jagged teeth. Their skin is a mottled blue, so dark, almost black. They have long, lightly muscled limbs that have been ruthlessly crafted and honed. They have five-fingered hands with long, flesh-shredding claws. They were created by Erewhon using the word keeps so he could have aerial troops in their armies, basically. So like we said, we don't know if this portal that's open is the Valg world mm-hmm. because they're described as sort of like these Ilkin, but the king made these. Like he didn't bring them Fruit. over from the Val the Valg world, like the Wyverns. Like they didn't come mm-hmm. from the Valg world. He made them. He made the Wyverns. He made the Ilkin. He made these other creatures. So it's like, is this the Valg world? I know it's the black blood and all, but I'm just so like, is it the portal to hell? Is that what the portal is? Like, there's just so many questions left unanswered and we still don't have them at the end of the series. Yeah. And I know that like SJM, I can't keep harping on her fast, but like she said, it was nothing but like reveal after reveal after mm-hmm. reveal. And I just need that information. Yeah. I would read an encyclopedia by her about the world. Um, we were supposed to be getting one. Yeah, though I cannot, I honestly cannot wait for World of Throne of Glass because we we need some history. We need backstory. We need all I want of the a freaking family tree. I want <laughs> yes, a family we need, tree. We need those as well. I want word marks. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that we'll probably get it in the next couple of years. For sure. It would have just given too much away, especially before the end of HOSAB. Oh, yeah. And she probably had to add to it, to be honest. Uh, Yeah, she probably so, was like, once she decided she was doing this, she was like, mm-hmm. oh, we can't release this yet. We we have to get where people mm-hmm. know things before we can, like, drop these truths. Because imagine if she just gave us that mm-hmm. and had not given us HOSAP yet. And we found out that, like, people amongst the worlds had familial connections. Imagine what that would have done to your brain. Yeah, it would have ruined the whole the whole thing, but... It would have made it still exciting, but all of us would have been like, what do you mean people mm-hmm. are related from these worlds? Pause, rewind, back up about 10 steps. How- Excuse me? She definitely had to put the brakes on that one when she realized yeah. she was like actually doing it. Defiance and rage mixed in her blood. She swung her free arm and it met with a shadowy face with burning coals for eyes. The darkness rippled and Kane's gaping features appeared. There was sun here. This was reality. She wondered how long it would be before another wave of the poison-induced visions took over. Kane reached for her again and she flung herself backwards. The only thing he was able to grab was her amulet, and the resounding snap of the eye of Elena was ripped from her neck. The sunlight disappeared, the bloodbane seizing control of her mind again, and Selena found herself before an army of the dead. The shadowy figure that was Kane raised his arm, dropping the amulet to the ground. They came for her. So I definitely think the eye of Helena was what helped her not go into her hallucinations for so long. And then also what kind of pulled her out of them in that moment. So I think like the magic of the eye of Elena was playing a bigger role here than we realize. And it's also, she says, an army of the dead stood before her. So I'm picturing more like this first being that she saw, this dead man, he was pale, you know, all these teeth, not so much as creatures like Mm -hmm. the foul creatures or the creatures from hell, like she doesn't describe them the same. So I just, when I first read this and even thinking back to it, I'm like, oh, it's all just these terrible foul creatures, but the way she describes it is completely different. Yes. And it's what kind of makes me think that like, this is the dead world. Mm-hmm. or a version of the dead world, right? If that makes sense. So now we go into chapter 49, and it opens with Dorian's point of view. Dorian watched in wide-eyed terror as Selena thrashed on the ground, waving away things they couldn't see. What was happening? Was something in the wine? There was something abnormal about the way Kang just stood there smiling. Dorian wondered if there was actually something there that they couldn't see. I would just like to say, as someone who experienced a very bad hallucination as a toddler, I can totally feel what Selena felt in that moment. And like, while we know that Selena is seeing those things and creatures are 
truly attacking her when you hallucinate it feels so real my hallucination was millions and hundreds of snakes crawling all over me and biting me it's been 26 years since that happened to me and I can still remember exactly how it felt when the snakes bit me but they never actually physically bit me so what Selena is seeing is totally real to her and like I can identify with that moment and let me just tell you you don't ever want to hallucinate Mm -mm. don't do drugs kids (laughs) don't do drugs mine was some cough medicine that did not go well for me it was a very long night for my parents she kicked and punched at nothing as Kane squatted over her and hit her in the mouth it wouldn't be stopped until his father said something Kane knocked her unconscious or worse he had to remind himself that any interference Even saying that her wine might have been drugged might result in her disqualification. Nehemia stepped beside him, said something in Ilway, and walked to the edge of the ring. Tucked close to the fold of her cloak, her fingers moved rapidly, tracing symbols in the air. Selena eased herself into a kneeling position and stared without seeing at something beyond them as Kane stopped towards her. She was waiting for him, waiting for him to kill her. It then switches back to Selena's POV. Kneeling on the ground, Selena tried to find her way out of the hallucination and back into reality. Here the dead surrounded her, waiting. The shadow thing that was Cain stood nearby, watching with his burning eyes. His only distinguishing feature, darkness rippled around Cain like shreds of clothing in the wind. She would die soon. The thought sent a jolt through her so strong that her hands fumbled for anything to use against him. Not like this. She could find a way to survive. I will not be afraid. The same word she'd whispered every morning in Endovir. It's interesting that she can see Kane in this mm-hmm. shadowy dead world, but no one else. Like whether she is seeing the Valg, like she's only seeing the Valg that possesses him, mm-hmm. or if it's somehow the shadows of the dead champions that like cling to him since he took their power, their essence. And if she was just seeing the Valg, I wonder if she looked over, if she could have seen the Valg that possessed Erewhon or the King. Mm-hmm. I just wonder, we've, again, we kind of harping on it, but she's only, she's not seeing his feature. She's just, he's a shadowy figure. And I just want to know what that is. Is it the Valg? Is it in this dead world? Is it the, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I just wanted to point that out. I don't know what it is, but it's just interesting. Yes. And I also find it interesting that his eyes are described as like burning and flames. Like that part Mm -hmm. just seems to stand out so strong to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And later on, I don't know if we talk about it. If we do, I'll talk about it then. But (laughs) she says, (laughs) she talks about another one. And I think we left this out, but it said his ember-like eyes so what Mm -hmm. does that mean the coal in their at the fire in their eyes is that a valg trait is that something else yes sarah didn't give us all the information she like teased us with stuff and then killed him and then was like huh have fun with that and like (laughs) his secrets died with him no i need i am a need to know kind of person i need to know sarah i need to know Mm A demon came at her in a scream, not of terror or despair, but rather a plea burst from her throat, a call for help. The demon flapped back as if her scream had startled it. Cain motioned it forward again, but then something extraordinary happened. Doors, doors, doors all burst open. Doors of wood, doors of iron, doors of air and magic. And from another world, Elena swept down, cloaked in golden light. Okay, doors is repeated three times there. And then we get three kinds of doors. So we get wood, iron, and air and magic. And I find it interesting that air and magic was coupled together, whereas the other two doors were just like singular objects. They're physical, like tangible things. Yeah, and they were tangible things that you could touch. And it makes me just wonder, where did these doors go? Like, Which one did... did Elena come from? Because it doesn't say specifically. Yeah, it doesn't tell you which door she came mm-hmm. from. It just says she came from another world. The ancient queen's hair glittered like shooting stars as she plummeted into Aurelia. Cain chuckled as he stepped toward Selena. 
and raised his sword, aiming for her chest. Elena exploded through the ranks of the dead, scattering them. Cain's sword came down, and a gust of wind slammed into Cain so hard he was sent sprawling to the ground, his sword flying across the veranda. Locked in that dark, horrible world, Selena only saw the ancient queen barrel into Cain. Golden light erupted around her, shielding her from them, making the dead step back. The demon surged again, but a sword rang and a demon fell. Black blood dripped from the blade, and the lips of Queen Elena were sent in a feral snarl. Elena had a crown of stars glittering over her head, her silver hair shining like a beacon in the blackness. The demon shrieked, and Selena stretched out her hand, golden light bursting from her palm forming a wall between them and the dead as she rushed to Selena's side. So I really thought that someone else shot out golden light. And part of me thought it was Regulus. His is more I, raw power. Yeah. Him, when I the looked King it up, of Hibern, they shoot out raw power from, yes. it's described the same. So then I went through all the books and searched for golden light. And some very noticeable things were, the book that Bryce uses against Micah in the library at the end of House of Earth and Blood shoots out golden light. And then when Bryce is doing the drop, she's surrounded by golden light. And when Feyre is coming back to her body in Akatar, she's surrounded by golden light. And then Aelin uses golden light when fighting the Valg Princess in Air Fire. And Gavriel uses golden light on Karen, the dude who gets skinned alive. Dorian also uses golden light in Kingdom of Ash. And then Tamlin is described, his magic is described as golden light multiple times. And then finally Nesta, when she's using the Dread Trove, is described as like a golden light being around her. With fair is golden light when she's dying and she comes back to the mating bond and then bryce is when she's making the drop those are the same exact things mm-hmm. fair made the drop reese was her anchor and she came back to life and then yes was a fae same with bryce mm-hmm. that's canon to me it is what it like you can't change your that's mind that's canon that they're described the same but what that has to do with everyone else's uses of golden light as power mm-hmm. i don't know but those two are the same And I just find it so terribly interesting that Tamlin was described so many, like four or five times as golden light. When he goes to kill Amarantha, when he was battling with Reese, he doesn't shoot the golden light, but the golden light is described around him as his magic. And then, of course, Elena having a crown of stars glittering over her head made me want to scream. So... Character seen wearing a crown of stars. In Tog, Elena, Baba Yellowlegs, the Matron of the Blue Bloods, Rhiannon Cochran, and Manon Blackbeak. And when she, when Manon puts the crown of stars, when she has the crown of stars on, the crown starts glowing. But she's the true heir. Yes, yes. And that crown is made with nine stars. And I just find it... I find it more interesting in the fact that she didn't do eight or like seven. Like she didn't do one of her normal numbers. She did nine. I like that it's a multiple of three and they believe in the three-faced goddess. Mm. So I like the number nine with them as opposed to seven or eight. It might have nothing to do with each other, but it. I, I like, like, it I like that thought. I didn't even look at it that way. I was just like nine it stood out to me more that it wasn't one of her usual numbers. Mm-hmm. I don't know that she never uses nine ever mm-hmm. again in any of the other books, but it's not one that we're used to seeing, like six or seven. like In theories, especially. Yes, or eight. And then in Akatar, Reese wears a crown of stars in Hewn City, and there is no more mention of the crown of stars in Akatar, other than that one moment in Hewn City and then there's no mention at all in Crescent City so I just find it interesting that the crown of stars mm-hmm. was there I cannot protect you whispered the queen her skin glowing her face was different too sharper more beautiful her fey heritage I cannot give you my strength but I can remove this poison from your body 
Beyond them, Cain struggled to his feet. Wind slammed into him from all directions, keeping him trapped in place. A gust of wind sent the head of the staff rolling in her direction. Elena put a hand on Selena's forehead. Take it, said the queen. Selena struggled as her vision flashed between the sunny veranda and the endless dark. Just wanted to point out the wind in all of this because while the spectators and all can't see all this going on, they feel the wind mm -hmm. happening, the gusts of wind. It's keeping Kane away. It blows her staff. That's obviously Elena with her magic. But just the word wind itches my brain with because of its we've talked about this before it's usage in all three universes and just the association with wind and what the wind means just had to draw attention to that once the poison is gone you will not see me you will not see the demons elena told her tracing her fingers across selena's brow Cain looked to the king as he reached for his sword the king nodded elena held selena's face in her hands do not be afraid Beyond the wall of golden light, the dead shrieked and moaned her name. But then Cain, bearing the shadowy, dark thing that dwelled in him, stepped through the wall as if it were nothing, completely shattering it. Pretty tricks, your majesty, Cain told Elena. Elena was on her feet immediately, blocking Cain from Selena. Shadows rippled along the edge of his form. His ember-like eyes flared. You were brought here. All of you were. All the players in an unfinished game, my friends have told me so. Who brought you here? Was it the Tog Gods? Was it the Valg? Was it the Asteri slash Daglin slash Valg or all the same thing? Who is this? Who's his friends? Yeah, who's the friends and who is the person pulling the strings? And I would just like to say, Amran also says in Akatar when they're talking about the fact that a human was made immortal and all of that stuff that happened she says that it's interesting that ancient players have returned both worlds have these ancient things that haven't been around coming back and finishing something that's been left unfinished so like what's going on and part of me kind of thinks that the tog gods might actually be the asteri i yeah, don't know what... all of this tied that's the number one question there yes and then realizing that Elena was basically activating the mark on Selena's forehead in this moment mm -hmm. and kind of like using that I think she used it as like her reference point to like pull the poison out of Selena's body and then I want to know exactly what the king saw because why did Cain look at the king and then the king nod at him in this moment mm -hmm. to like finish the attack and then later on it's the king again I love yes. in this moment, too, that Elena told Selena, do not be afraid. Like, she knew how much those words meant to Selena, and it was just to help her calm her. I think she definitely knew how much they meant on the fact that, like, she's been watching Selena her mm -hmm. entire life. It kind of foreshadows us learning that later in the series, that, like, she literally has been following her around her entire and life. And you can, you can see in these moments, as much as I give... Elena grief because she definitely deserves it but you can see yes. in this moment how much she does care for Selena and not just for completing the task that she's supposed to do like she does care for I mean she's she's watched over her her whole life she's like mm -hmm. you can see that in this moment I mean it doesn't let me forgive her for things that no. she did but you can you can see it in this moment she's helpful and like you can tell she cares in this moment but I'm like you could have spoke up just like a tiny teeny bit you could have said something to A couple of things. Be gone, Elena barked, forming a symbol with her fingers. A bright blue light burst from her hands. Cain howled as it bit into him, the light slashing his shadow body into ribbons. Then it was gone, leaving the swirling crowd of the dead and the damned. They charged, but Elena blasted them back with the golden shield. Elena tells her that the poison is almost gone and the world grew less dark. She wondered why Elena was here and what was Nehemia doing at the end of the circle. Her hands were moving about strangely. A white light filled the sky. The poison had left her body. Cain, once again, a man of flesh and blood, walked towards her. All she could feel was pain. Stand, whispered Elena, and then she was gone. Selena, struggling and shaking, stood. And then I just want to point out that 
pain was repeated three times. It's also interesting in this that Elena, whatever she does, gets rid of the shadowy body thing that was Cain. So now it's just him, just a man, just flesh and blood left. He doesn't have this otherworldly thing attached to him any longer. Yes. So now we go into chapter 50. Selena's right leg could barely support her, but she gritted her teeth and faced Cain. He halted, a mark burned on her forehead in blinding blue light. What's that on your face? Cain asked. The king rose, his brows narrowed, and nearby Nehemia gasped. Selena shot forward as fast as an arrow of Deanna. Cain's eyes went wide as she buried the jagged end of the staff into his right side. Selena forgot the pain and the terror, forgot the tyrant who stared at the burning mark on her head with dark eyes. She was able to slice both of Cain's arms and avoid him when he lunged for her, causing him to fall to the ground. With her foot upon his back, she said, move and I'll spill your throat on the ground. I just don't get why the king or Parrington never put two and two together about the mark on Selena's head. How do they not recognize that? Like, they know that's in Brandon's bloodline. Did they not get a look of it clearly? Do they just think this was a random? They know stuff. So how did they not put these things together? I don't get it. Yeah, I have, I have no idea. But also, this is the confirmation from Nehemia that she realizes who Selena yes. is. Selena's the one. She had might have had doubts. And she'd been looking at her forehead a lot throughout these chapters. But now she's like, this is her. This is Brandon's heir. This is who's going to save the world. This is who I was looking for the whole time. No thanks to Elena. Cain <laughs> went still, and for a moment she could have sworn his eyes glowed like coals. For a moment she considered killing him right there so that he couldn't tell anyone what he knew about her, about her parents, about the word marks, and their power. If the king knew any of that. The councilmen began nervously clapping. None of them had seen the spectacle, the shadows and the gusting wind. The king looked her over and she willed herself to remain upright, to stand tall as he judged. Was he considering a way out? My son's champion is the victor, he said. She won. She was free, or as close to it as she could come. Outside the circle, Nahemia collapsed and her guards rushed to her side. Selena made a step toward her friend, but her legs gave out and she fell to the ground. And then it switches to Dorian's POV. Dorian rushed to Selena's side and called for a healer. He should have done something sooner to stop the fight when she had clearly been drugged. She would have helped him. She wouldn't have even hesitated. Kale had even helped her. He had knelt on the ground beside the edge of the ring. I'm sorry, but I really wanted to laugh when Dorian was like, oh, Kale is so brave. He knelt on the ground while Selena was losing to Kane. I know in the next scene, Kale is going to kill Kane. I know emotional support is important, but let's not glamorize what Kale did here. I am here to stand tall and talk about all of Kale's faults. It brings me joy. Dorian glanced towards Caltaine and Parrington, missing the look that was exchanged between the king and Kane. But Kale saw as Kane pulled a dagger to strike Selena in the back, and without thinking, without understanding, Kale leapt between them and plunged his sword through Kane's heart. Blood erupted everywhere. It reeked of death and decay. Kale stood watching Kane take his last breath, and when his eyes were no longer seen, he fell to the ground. Kel could not stop staring at his blood-soaked hands. What have I done? He asked. Two guards helped Kel away, but he could only stare at his bloody hands. I know death is serious and I'm not. As I bash on Kel, I don't mean to downplay the trauma that he just went through. Because I'm sure it is very traumatizing the first time you kill someone. Even if it's in defense of someone else. But it seriously still shocks me every time. Because he is the captain of the guard. And he's never killed anyone. Why is he in such a high position so inexperienced? The nepotism in this moment is just popping off. The difference is he doesn't have a problem with death. It was him physically causing the blow, even though he was a bad guy and he was killing Selena. Yeah. But I think that definitely shows the difference between whatever this guard is versus mm -hmm. the army, like a soldier that Kane was a part of. Yeah. Kale's no soldier. He lives this cushy life in the castle, 
never has to leave it, never sees Rifthold even like out in the world. But I feel like even as a guard, you should still be prepared to defend the crown per se, Mm -hmm. which could possibly mean killing for it. But this was his grow up moment. This was the thing that switched everything for him. He'd been making the change of seeing how Selena is, the injustices of the world, the slaves, the king, the things he did. Like he'd been seeing that and building up to this. But this is the thing that was like, a switch for him he's no longer the same after this yes dorian realized that the mark on her forehead had disappeared he wondered what it meant what any of what just happened meant kane had touched a nerve in her today when he mentioned her parents she lost control entirely he'd never seen her that wild that frantic he hated himself for not acting for standing there like a damned coward he would make it up to her he would see to it that she was freed She didn't fight him when he carried her away to her rooms. I think this moment really plays a role in how Dorian responds to Selena once he knows she's Aelin. He understands and knows who she is at her core, no matter what name she bears. And the fact that she has saved him multiple times throughout the series just helps build his loyalty to her. And I love that he is the one who puts Kale in his place in Air of Fire for how he talks about Aelin and also how he responds in Crown of Midnight. The fact that he puts his distance between them knowing that they're both kind of struggling in the moment. But then when they battle that thing on the castle and she's like, I need you to go find this magical book that just appears for you and just walk around and find it and then bring it back. And he's like, bet bestie, I'll be right back. Mm -hmm. He just knew that she would always be there to save him so Mm -hmm. he feels like he needs to be there to save her and I just love their friendship and I will die on the heel that Dorian is this supreme character I think I figured it out that he has like no pride and I mean that in like he's not prideful he doesn't let that stand in the way of he's supposed to be a prince and he's better than her like he literally has zero pride he's like I will be there for our friends. I will do whatever needs to be done. And I think that's huge. And the biggest thing where Kale's downfall is he's the most prideful I've ever seen in a character. Mm -hmm. And Dorian's the exact opposite. So he doesn't let all of these things stand in the way of him being a good person, being a good friend, being a good whatever to Manon. (laughs) I don't know what to call them, but yeah. He was done with politics and intrigue. He loved her and no empire, no king, and no earthly fear would keep him from her. No, if they tried to take her from him, he'd rip the world apart with his bare hands. And for some reason, that didn't terrify him. I'm sorry. How could you not love Dorian after this little monologue? This speech right here, this is Reese. This is Rowan. This is Hunt. This is Zayden speech. This is, I will burn the earth for you speech that's my weakness when it comes to books if you give me a male character in their pov Mm -hmm. talking about all the things they would do for their one woman yeah i am sold out for you like (laughs) you can murder so many people but if i get your point of view and you're like i will burn the world down for my woman you will not Mm -hmm. take her from me i'm like yep that's it that's it you could have so many red flags but if you were sent for your girl if you're I, like, I, honestly, I'm blind to everything else. <laughs> the blind, I'm like a horse with my blinders on. This moment right here is the moment. He is the moment in this moment. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of moments, but <laughs> he I is just the love moment. it so much. <laughs> yes. So this is the first time that Dorian admits that he's in love with Selena. And I think as I drew a contrast to him and Kale earlier, You have these two men that are both in love with her, but react to it completely differently and treat her vastly different. You have Dorian who will admit it to himself and ultimately doesn't care about how it looks or propriety to be with her. He's like, damn it all to hell. I don't care. I want to be with her. I love her. He doesn't care she was an assassin or what she did. And he generally tried to get to know her for her. And then you have Kale who won't even admit it to himself, let alone anyone else. And he constantly uses her past against her and he doesn't try to understand or figure out why 
or what led her to that point to become an assassin. Like mm-hmm. he has no empathy from her, I think mm-hmm. is is the main problem. And that's why I have such a problem with him because it's like their whole relationship, he's trying to change her. And he says she changed, but she was exactly who she was the day they got her out of Endovir to Kingdom of Ash for us. She's been the same her whole time and she never lied to him. She never, like, I'm sorry he forgot in the moment that, oh, she's a girl and he couldn't reconcile that with being an assassin. Mm -hmm. And then it's like he's trying to convince himself that he has to love her or there's just like stipulations to his love. He obviously cares about her, like he just killed someone for her. But that's not the love that she needs. It's not the love that she deserves and is why I'm so sour towards him. Yes. In Crown of Midnight, when they're in the middle of their relationship, he's like, oh, I just can't, I can't make an assassin the lady of Aniel. This is just so improper. And what would my father think? And da 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 da. Okay. But you knew all this before you started the relationship. Mm-hmm. If it was going to be too big of a problem for you to face, then why'd you even start it? Right. Did you think that was going to change about her? Yeah. Because then you have Dorian who's ready to make her the freaking queen of Otterland. And he doesn't even want to make her a lady of Aniel. Get on, boy. Get on. Mm-hmm. You need to heal yourself or you can be with anyone else. Thank God for Irene. <laughs> so then the chapter ends in Caltain's POV. Caltain watched in despair and bewilderment as Dorian carried Selena away. How had she beaten Cain? Why wasn't she dead? The pain in her head erupted, so violent that her vision went obsidian. I thought you said this damn drug would work, she whispered to Parrington. The king and Duke Parrington stared at her, and the councilmen exchanged glances. What is that in your hand? asked the duke loudly. You know what it is. The damned poison I gave her, she responded, trying to keep her voice down, despite the pain that had turned into a thunderous roar. The Duke pretended to be shocked, questioning why Caltain had poisoned her. He instructed the guards to arrest her and take her to the dungeons. I'll kill you, Caltain screamed at Duke Parrington. She looked towards the king, but he looked away. She realized that he wouldn't listen to anything she had to say. Parrington had been planning this for too long, and she played right into his hands. He'd acted like the bestowed fool, only to plunge a dagger into her back. As she reached the doors, the duke grinned at her, and her dreams shattered. All I gotta say is, poor Caltain, because she thought that she was winning in this moment. She thought that she was the one moving the chess pieces, only to find out that she was just a pawn. Also, the fact that her vision went obsidian definitely think makes me think that he was, like, attacking her brain in this moment just to kind of mm-hmm. make her react. Yeah. Like, they obviously didn't think things were going to go. They thought Kane was going to kill Selena. So, yes, they wouldn't have really have had to have framed Caltain. They would have somehow later on. But the fact that he used it to his advantage, he, he used her mind Mm -hmm. obviously he was doing something to her with her headache and her seeing the obsidian and yeah it's just sad because she's this is her last day of freedom really literally okay well that was a long one but we finally got the duel out of the way i think we have two more episodes and we'll be done with throne of glass to recap this episode selena easily defeats grave in two minutes the king calls for a toast to the final two contestants and Selena drinks the poison and without a break to catch her breath, faces off against Kane. Kane toys with her and taunts her, knowing far more information about her than he should, and then proceeds to literally beat the crap out of her. She hallucinates a shadowy dead world and is attacked by vicious winged creatures. Elena comes to her rescue and removes the poison from her, and everyone sees a blue mark burned onto Selena's forehead. Selena knocks Cain down and is declared the victor, but after a nod from the king, he tries to stab her in the back with a dagger. Kel plunges his sword through Cain's heart, killing him. Caltain confronts Parrington, and he frames her for the poison plot and has her thrown in the dungeon. I also forgot to comment on how his blood smells so bad. It said it smelled of decay and rot, so the Valg smell. I think the possession... 
I think the possession along with like the ones who are possessed by like the Valg princes also have that problem when they get killed. So I think if the possession takes over you, because we never really see Dorian bleed. So we don't really know with his instance, but like, I don't think the Valg prince ever took over him. So that's why that didn't happen. Yeah. But I think anyone else who the Valg that possesses them fully takes over their body, then it changes because Manon asked him what color color he will bleed. What color will you bleed? <laughs> and he said, whatever color you tell, tell me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you possessed she... by a demon and still spitting out lines. <laughs> He's got riz. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Charisma. Oh. It's the new word these days. <laughs> I keep pe- hearing people say it. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Like Riz. Dorian is definitely the definition of Riz. Mm-hmm. he's possessed by a valg and he's still dropping lines mm-hmm. he's like a beautiful woman it don't matter that i'm possessed right now it don't matter he's, this guy's the guy in my head is scared of you so i like you honey <laughs> that's not a red flag at all dorian no, you shouldn't no. be terrified that the demon in your brain is scared of her he's like nope that's the woman <laughs> for me her. <laughs> i want her <laughs> it's like what's that tiktok sound when it's it's that's your still- man that's your man. That's mine. I'm going to sit beside him. I'm going to sit beside him. <laughs> That's your woman. Yeah. That's her. She eats the hearts of men. I'm going to sit beside her. <laughs> okay, before we spiral about Dorian anymore, please don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Throne of Chaos Pod. So come say hi. We're going to have a very interesting giveaway very soon. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned. It just came in today. So keep your eyes peeled. And you can also find us on YouTube. So check us out over there and subscribe. And as always, thank you so much for listening.